Welcome to Mountain State Cardboard, a podcast about sports, sports cards, and life from the Mountain State of West Virginia. If you're looking for guaranteed hot picks and lead pipe lock advice on the next big thing in sports cards, just turn around now. This isn't the show for you. This is a fun conversation about the hobby we all love. Welcome back to another episode of Mountain State Cardboard. I'm Tim. This is my podcast about sports, sports cards, and life. And, uh, Another great week, looking forward to another show, and so glad that you're here with me, Uh, so glad that you could be along for this. I am absolutely having a ball recording this podcast and interacting with people, and you know, maybe sometime in the next few weeks, the the newness of all of this will wear off, and I'll stop approaching uh, each episode like a child on Christmas morning, but that's how I feel when I sit down each Monday morning to record the week's episode. I just I feel excited and and I also feel gratitude. Um, more people are listening. Uh, you're telling your friends. You're sharing on Instagram uh, about the show, and it's creating new listeners. And I just appreciate it so much. Um, I'm just out here to have some fun, learn something myself, and connect with other people. And I'm I'm doing all of that, and it's it's just been so great. And uh, I just want to say. Uh, thank you so much. The show is uh, available on all your podcasting platforms now. Uh, so if you would be so kind to subscribe and uh, rate and review the show on Apple, that'd be awesome. Uh, and let's uh, spread the word and and share some uh, share some love uh, for the show. And I've been trying to go through and, and be diligent still about uh, rating and, and subscribing to the shows that I like. I Obviously, I subscribe, but but leaving ratings and leaving reviews because that stuff matters because that's what helps drive new listeners to the show. Uh, so I've been trying to be very um, deliberate about that, uh, very intentional about leaving reviews for the shows that I like. So uh, we'll get into some of that uh, a little bit later. I'm going to be honest, from Jump today, this show is going to be maybe a little bit different uh, than previous shows. We're not going to talk as much about sports card trends. We are going to talk about sports quite a bit, but um, I'm just going to be frank right now and let people know that uh, the show probably is going to take uh, on a, a very serious tone. Um, we're going to talk about some heavy stuff today because there are heavy things going on in the world, and sports can be a diversion um, and a distraction. Sports cards, the hobby, can be a fun distraction. But also, we can't turn a blind eye to things that are happening in the world. And um, I have a platform. And even if there's you know just a handful of people listening, um, I want to try to use that platform. So I, I am going to be honest from the beginning this morning that um, this week's show might take on a bit of a heavy tone. So if that's not your particular cup of tea, no harm, no foul. Uh, you don't have to stick around. I, I'm, I'm not going to uh, be upset if you don't. Uh, but if you give me a chance and let's let's sit here and let's have a, a conversation for a few minutes, um, we may all just learn something and, and walk away better for it. So we are going to talk about sports cards. We are going to talk about sports, but uh, the tone of the show today is going to be a little bit a little bit different. Um I always go back and re-listen to the shows, and I talked about that in week two in the, the second episode. I, I launched the first one. I have a radio background, so I, I'm i trained to listen to what I produce with a critical ear, and I always go back and re-listen to the shows. By the way, I found another catchword 
that I'm not allowed to use anymore uh, for a while unless it's within context. If you remember, in week one, I overused the words dude and iconic, and I've tried to cut those out. The other word that I've caught myself using a lot in the last couple of weeks is the word super. And I don't even know when this word came into my vocabulary as something that I used as an adverb, adjective, noun. Like, if you knew me in my personal life, my language sometimes would would make a sailor blush. But on the podcast, I've started using the word super a lot. So... It's officially on the list of buzzwords that I'm not allowed to use, so I, I did cut that out. The other thing that I've come to realize when I go back and re-listen to the show, and I do make notes, and I use notes for the show um, on my laptop. The other thing that I've come to realize is I tend to get excited or get going in a certain direction, and then I leave things out. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to go back after the show and pick that stuff up. i I really only want to commit to doing one show a week, so I've got to figure out a way to go back and and pick up the pick up the things that I missed and and perhaps it's perhaps it I don't think it's Instagram maybe it's Twitter maybe it's I don't know but I'll I'll, I'll figure that out I'm going to talk to some other guys I know that do podcasts and uh, see how they uh, handle that. If you follow me on Instagram at WV Cardboard, you'll know that Saturday I did a thing I. Uh, I bought some retail, and I didn't just buy some retail. I bought a lot of retail. I There's a Walmart that's not far from where I live, and I, I'm, I'm going to go a little James Bond on this because I don't want to give up too much because it's kind of my honey hole. It's a Walmart that's not far from where I live. It's not close, but it's not far, and it's a little bit more rural. It's not trafficked as heavily and I don't think that there's an LCS anywhere near where this store is located. And if you catch it at the right time, you can find a lot of retail there um, periodically. So Saturday, hopped in the car, took a drive, showed up, and I'd actually gotten a tip. I have one other friend that knows the existence of this Walmart in our circle here locally. And he had tipped me off that he'd been there. Um, he cleared him out of Chronicles, but what he left was a lot of good stuff. Uh, so I picked up on Saturday, I, I dropped about three bills on, um, uh, some tops archives, baseball and some Panini illusions, basketball. And I also picked up some clearance 2019, uh, prestige football and 2019 absolute football, uh, that was on clearance. But um, I'll tell you, the highlight for me was Illusions. That was a fun, fun product. Check out my Instagram. I posted some highlights, but it was so much fun to open. It's a cool product. I mean, it's a little bit on the junk side, right? It's it's not select level. It's not Donruss Optic level. It's not certainly not Prism level, but but it's a fun product. And it's got some really cool inserts. So if you're out there and you see some illusions in the wild, grab some because the inserts are really cool. They've done this whole set of clear inserts that are just super cool. And I got I hit a Dame uh, insert, which of course I'm a Dame fan, so I I immediately popped when I pulled the Dame uh, insert. Uh, a really cool LeBron insert that's the orange parallel. It's a it's a fun product. 
Um, I will say this though. I opened four blasters and a bunch of hanger packs and got zero John Morant cards, which was very disappointing to me. Uh, I did pick up a couple of Zions. Uh, I think those are going to get listed for sale this week. I'm finally ready to roll out a sales platform uh, this week. I've got all my ducks in a row. The Zions are going up, I think, or I'm going to hold until the next time I, I see a spike, but the, the Zions are getting sold. I don't I don't really want to keep them. Nothing against him, but I just you guys know how I feel. I'm not going to replow that field. But uh, Illusions is super fun. I, I just think it's a fun product. So um, if you see if you're if you're itching for some retail and you see Illusions, pick it up, open it. I, I guarantee you'll find something that you like. It was just a fun product for me to open. So uh, I did dig that. A lot of fun on social media this week. I did post all the highlights from my rips. Archives is a great rip too. And I've always loved that product because I like vintage cards. So I've always loved the Archives product. And uh, I did, I had, I had a Louis, Louis Robert. I had a Gavin Lux. I had a couple of uh, Jordan Alvarez's, uh, a couple of Mike Trout's. It, it, was, a, it was a fun rip as well. Um, you know, I could, and I know that there's this theory and I generally subscribe to it myself that I could take that $300 and invest it in one or two cards that I know are going to appreciate in value and, and add those to my portfolio. And generally speaking, that is kind of how I approach it. But man, sometimes it's just fun to buy a bunch of cards and just bust them. And I busted cards this way and I just had a blast. It was just so much fun. I was like a kid on Christmas, just ripping Super cool. Had a good time. Anyway, so that was fun. I posted all the highlights on Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, I want to shout out uh, all the Murrays on Instagram. At all the Murrays. He's a, as you might expect, a Kyler Murray collector. But like me, he's also a WVU grad. And so we chatted this week about some of the uh, some of the West Virginia University alumni that are in our um, PCs. And I actually hit a couple of WVU guys over the weekend in my in my busting, I got a uh, Gary Jennings uh, rookie receiver. Well, two year, it'll be a second year receiver, but 19 was his rookie year. Um, a receiver for the Seahawks, WVU grad. Uh, and also, uh, John Means, the all star reliever from the Orioles, is a WVU grad. Picked up his rookie cup card uh, in the archive set, which is really cool. It's the 1960 design, and it's a great card. So, uh, shout out to all the Murrays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for. Touch and base on Instagram, uh, and let's keep the uh, keep the conversation going. Content shoutouts. Let's talk a little bit about some new podcasts that I picked up, uh, including uh, really the one that I want to highlight is a show called Cards Anonymous. And he's new to the game, doesn't have a ton of episodes out, but uh, give the guy a listen. Um, I've cherry picked through. Uh, he did a really great show on Panini Select versus Prism basketball and it was really interesting and it backs up a lot of what I've always thought about prism so maybe I like it because it it sort of bolsters my own personal position but check out cards anonymous uh, the podcast you can also find him on Instagram uh, but it's it's really well researched information on comparing these brands I just thought it was a, a really great show uh, also wax pack hero Great podcast uh, recently about um, the trappings in paying for content in the hobby. Uh, basically, beware of paying for content. Really good show as well. Um, another great episode of Sports Card Analytics. Jordan out there killing it with the research and the info. Uh, he and Baby Yoda just absolutely knocking it out of the park from the closet at his house. Uh, 
a little too much Browns gear, but that's just a personal thing for me. But anyway, jokes aside, check out Jordan on Sports Card Analytics. And um, Brett, Stacking Slabs, always out there with the knowledge. Really great show this past week on fantasy football drafts and average draft position and comparing that to potential values in the card market. And that was a really, really, really great show. And again, kind of backs up some of what I've been thinking and what I'm looking at as we start to creep toward football season. So check out Brett on Stacking Slabs. I I hype that show every week, but in my opinion, my humble personal opinion, it's the best sports card hobby podcast in the game right now because Brett approaches it with not only knowledge and enthusiasm, but love and passion for the sports and the cards. And I said from day one, it's not just about the cards. It's about the sports. I, lo- I collect sports cards because I love sports. So uh, check that out. Uh, the content highlight, though, of, of my last week or so, and I was a little late getting to it, so I think the show's almost two weeks old at this point, but my absolute highlight from content consumption in the last couple of weeks is the most recent episode of The Luca Show on YouTube. And if you're not watching The Luca Show on YouTube, you're missing out. G is hilarious. Uh, He did the whole show a couple of weeks ago where he just was on a a never-ending quest to find retail at Target. And I actually thought about that when I hit my my Honey Hole Walmart and found all the Illusion basketball. Uh, I almost took a picture and tagged him on on Instagram, but I didn't want to rub it in. But uh, his most recent show, though, is about his Donchichian bubble life. And all I'm going to say is this. My dude has a full-size hoop in his house. So, yeah. It, it, anyway, it's a send-up of, like, the Matisse Thibault, like, Instagram or, or, you know, sort of YouTube chronicling the, the bubble life. It's his bubble life at home watching NBA basketball. And uh, it's just, it's fun. And it's, and that's what I like about it. Like, it doesn't take, it's, he, he produces great content, well-researched, thought-out content on Panini products and and Luca cards and you know there is a lot of knowledge that is dispersed on this show, but it's also fun and he pokes fun at himself and he pokes fun at the world and it's I'm I'm gonna keep hyping this up until I see until I see his subscriber list continue to grow to a point that I think is justified because it's very underrated very underwatched watch the Luca show uh, the bubble life it's fantastic um, one other. Uh, shout out that I want to share this morning, and it's not so much um, it's not so much hobby content as it is sports related content. Um, for years and years, I li- I read a, a daily uh, website a, a blog called Hardball Talk, um, and uh, Hardball Talk got bought by NBC Sports, and I'm probably totally ruining this um, uh, history of of point A to point B. I'm, I'm probably butchering it, but I'm, I'm working from memory here. But anyway, Hardball Talk was was purchased, I guess, by NBC Sports, and it became one of their product, plat- a platform in their portfolio. So if you wanted to read Hardball Talk and, and the writers, it was uh, Craig Calcaterra and uh, Bill Baer were the two main writers. And if you wanted to read their stuff, you had to navigate to the NBC Sports platform for Hardball Talk, and it, it was fine. I mean, it was good. They're great writers, and I I appreciate their their baseball analysis. Well, NBC Sports, I guess, blew it up. Um, but Craig Calcaterra, 
uh, and I hope that I'm saying that right because I've never actually heard it. I've only read it in print for a very, very long time. I've been reading his stuff for a very long time. Um, he basically decided to go the solo route. and tr- Instead of trying to find another writing gig with another media conglomerate, he has struck out on his own. And if you like, if you love baseball and you love pop culture and you are not afraid to go down some silly rabbit holes from time to time, navigate over to Cup of Coffee. That's the name of his new website. And it's, it's actually a daily email newsletter, but it also exists in web form. Uh, you can subscribe. It's super cheap. It's like six bucks a month. Um, but he's out there. He's decided he's going to go it alone. He's going to do it on his own. And I have so much respect for that. So Craig Calcaterra, the website is Cup of Coffee. It's a daily email. I'm looking at my daily Cup of Coffee email now. Uh, and it basically recaps every baseball game from the day before. And then also analyzes the news in baseball. Like this morning, as I sit here on this Monday morning, he's talking about the um, Major League Baseball trade deadline and some of the stuff that happened Sunday night and some of the stuff we can expect before the deadline this afternoon. Uh, you know, he, he does a full analysis of that. He's, he's incredibly smart. He's insanely funny. And he talks about his life. It's, it's everything that I could aspire to be in, in a podcast. He's talking about the sports with a very knowledgeable eye, but he's also talking about life. And he's talking about himself and his own journey, but he's also talking about the world in which we live. I cannot say enough good things about the Cup of Coffee daily newsletter. It has become an absolute mandatory read for me each morning. It's how I start my day. I have a literal cup of coffee, and then I have my Craig Calcaterra cup of coffee email newsletter, and I get caught up on everything that happened in baseball from the day before, and I laugh. And it also makes me think it's perfect. And I don't use that word lightly. I promise you that I do not use that word lightly. But what Craig is doing, I respect. And I would encourage you to just, and Mondays are free. He's decided that he's going to, so it's a subscription-based service. But Mondays for now are free because he wants people to read it and see if they like it. So go read some of the free content. I guarantee you're going to like it. Um and then hit the subscribe button and and throw Craig a couple of bucks for the work that he's doing because he is a brave man. And here's the other thing that I love about it. Because now he's not tied to a media conglomerate like NBC that might have rights with baseball. He can be open and honest about what's going on in Major League Baseball, especially at the upper management level from the commissioner's office. And he doesn't take he he takes the gloves off. And I have a a lot of criticisms about Rob Manfred and the way he runs Major League Baseball. And Craig is now unencumbered by media relations. And he can be honest about what he sees happening in Major League Baseball. It's it's really good. I, I, I would encourage you to check it out. Check out the free stuff. See if you like it. And then... Um, Hit the subscribe button, throw him some, and you'll you'll enjoy. You'll never miss the six dollars or whatever it is uh, a month, and you will immensely. If you're a baseball guy or girl, you will love the daily newsletter, cup of coffee. So that's my endorsement for the day, unpaid. All right, 
it's time to get down into it. And I said that today's show was going to be a little bit serious. This was a this is a tough week, man. This was a tough week. Um, and I didn't realize until a couple of days later how much the uh, the passing of Chadwick Boseman affected me. But that actually hit hard. You know, I talked about Justin Towns Earl last week, and 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 he passed away, and uh, the the sort of my personal experience with Justin Towns Earl. I've never had any kind of personal interaction with Chadwick Boseman, but that one hit hard. And that that was happening at the same time that NBA players decided to sit out and not play basketball to protest racial injustice in America. Um, it was a this was a tough week. I, I kind of went silent on Instagram and I even posted that it was by design because there is so much going on in the world that I didn't want to distract in any way, shape, or form from the serious things that were happening. Plus, my headspa- I just wasn't in the headspace for it. I've, I've, it had a lot of stuff on my mind. Um, that NBA strike, uh, call it a strike, call it a sit-out, it, uh, it, they chose not to play because, because they wanted to make a statement. Um, that was a very powerful and organic moment in sports. And I'll circle back to Chadwick Boseman in a minute, but um, you know what I want to what I want to begin, and we're going to get back to cards. I promise you, I'm not I'm not deceiving you. We're going to get back into cards, and this all leads into my card topic for today. But it is important, I think, for us to be honest about what we see in the world. It is important that we're honest about the realities of the world in which we live. And the reality of race in this country is that black people live a very different life and live in a very different world than white people do. And until we're honest with ourselves about this and we admit it, nothing's going to change. You know, you hear a lot of talk from time to time about, um, two Americas. I think there's probably more than two, but the American experience is very different for you based on the color of your skin. And I I promise you guys that none of this is political for me. This isn't left, right. This isn't red, blue. Um, I I don't, I will never talk politics on this show uh, other than to say register and vote. That's the only voice that most of us have. Um, You know, I've got a podcast that like 60 people listen to, but generally speaking, voting is the one voice we have. So no politics on this show. This isn't about politics. This is about decency. This is about humanity. This is about right versus wrong, not left versus right. Okay. This is about acknowledging and understanding that this country has a racism problem. And we have to talk about it and we have to be honest about it. And or else it's not going to get fixed. Um, not that I think I'm going to fix it, but I'm at least going to talk about it and share my thoughts and maybe engage some conversation. Um, but we do have a racism problem in this country and, and in no way is this is, is what I'm saying an indictment against the police or police officers. Um, I know that's not the case. It's not, it's not all cops, but it's some, um, we all want law and order. We absolutely all want white, black, doesn't matter the color of your skin. We all want law and order, but 
What we can't have is a significant portion of our population afraid of the people that are supposed to be protecting us. I'm privileged in that I don't have to fear for my life if I get pulled over in a traffic stop. And that's not the case for black Americans. Um, it's, that's just the reality of the situation. And again, we have to be honest and listen to me. Don't get distracted. Okay. Don't let the conversation shift. Believe what you see with your own eyes and don't let debate and distraction take your attention away from what's right in front of you. Systemic racism is on the news in this country every day. This is systemic racism. Systemic racism is this. A black man with a knife is shot in the back seven times. Meanwhile, at nearly the same time, white militia members are storming state capitals without a, armed militia members are storming a state capital without a single shot being fired. Systemic racism is a knee to the neck of a black man in the street to the point that he dies while violent white criminals are offered cheeseburgers in custody. Guys, that is systemic racism, and that's what NBA players were talking about when they sat out from the playoffs this week. That is systemic racism, and we have to be honest about it, and we have to address it. We have to have the conversation. Now, when I said don't get distracted, this is what I mean. Because people will tell you, well, that guy that got shot in the back, he, he, was, he was a wanted felon. Or, you know, whatever. He resisted. He ran away. It doesn't matter. All of that may be true. But he didn't have to be shot in the back seven times at close range to the point that he was paralyzed. That's the point. That's what I mean when I say don't get distracted. Believe what you see with your own two eyes. And what you saw with your own two eyes was a black man with a knife getting shot in the back seven times, a white teenager with a rifle being tossed a bottle of water. That's what you saw. That, is, that folks, is systemic racism. So that's all been on my mind. And, and the reason that the Chadwick Boseman story hit me so hard is because I think all of this was sort of coalescing and coming together at the same time. At the same time that we see the continued struggle of our black brothers and sisters in the streets of America, a role model in the black community died in just heartbreaking fashion after a multi-year battle with colon cancer. Black Panther... Yes, he played Jackie Robinson, and we could talk about that. And, you know, it, that was a great movie. He played uh, Thurgood Marshall. He played James Brown. Chadwick Boseman played iconic, and I use that word correctly, by the way. He played iconic figures in American history, but specifically black American history. I mean, think about that. James Brown, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall. But Black Panther was probably more important than all of those because what Black Panther did, Black, first of all, Black Panther is, an, is a great movie. In the superhero genre or not, Black Panther is a fantastic movie. I, it's one of the movies that I can just put on a loop and watch over and over and over and over again. Black Panther's fantastic. But 
it did something important in our culture. It gave young black kids a hero. It, it brought new people into the superhero genre. It portrayed a superhero in a different fashion. You know, Black Panther is Superman to a lot of black kids. It's the first time that they were able to watch a superhero movie and say, that guy looks like me. And he wasn't the sidekick. And he wasn't, uh, you know, the emotionally tormented anti-hero. No, he was a strong, powerful man who conducted himself with grace and dignity and fought for right versus wrong. And it was the first time in American cinematic history that that, that happened. And that is powerful. And a whole lot of people lost their hero when Chadwick Boseman died. Stop and think about that. That's powerful. So that hit hard this week. So that's why I had a completely different show planned until like Thursday uh, or Friday or Saturday, whatever. I think it's Friday maybe. I don't know. I had a completely different show planned. And I put put the notes in a fold, like we're going to get back to it, and I'm not even going to talk about what it was because this is what's important today, is that we have to be honest with ourselves that we have a racism problem in America. And not only are black people seeing their brothers and sisters killed in the streets, but they also lost one of their heroes today or this week. And I mourn that. So how do we get this back to cards? Because this is a show about sports, sports cards and life. And, and I want to talk about sports cards. So I want to talk about one of the, uh, one of the collections in my PC about two years ago because of, and, and this is the sad cyclical nature of American life, unfortunately, Um, It was another moment of racial injustice in this country that had me thinking and pondering. And um, so I decided to do a little research. So what I did was I went through, we all know Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball. But what I wanted to know was who was the first black player on every Major League team? Who integrated each franchise And when was their first card? So that's what I did. So at the time of integration, you had the following teams. The Brooklyn Dodgers, the Cleveland Indians, the St. Louis Browns, the New York Giants, the Boston Braves, the Chicago White Sox, the Philadelphia Athletics, the Chicago Cubs, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Cincinnati Reds, the Washington Senators, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Detroit Tigers, and the Boston Red Sox. Okay. So I that that was that was Major League Baseball at the time of integration. So I researched to find out who was the first black player on each team. And then I set about finding their first baseball card. And I don't say rookie card, and I don't say rookie card specifically because you'll notice, and I'm going to talk about maybe three or four of these guys today because I want to tell their story because this is this is why I started the collection. 
I wanted to learn. I wanted to hear about who these men were. And I, but I don't want to just get the cards and put them in a box and never see them again. What I want to do is I want to tell their stories and I want to talk about them because I want their stories to stay alive and I want us to learn lessons from those stories. So I'm going to talk about some of these guys today and I'm going to talk about their cards and I'm going to talk about their stories. And in that way, and it's a small thing, but in that way, we're, we're keeping that story alive. And when you stop and think about some of the dates that I'm going to throw, we're going to go back to 1947, but that was in context of American history, not that long ago. So let's start with the man who, and, and this to me is, is, you know, the Jackie Robinson story will always be the integration story. And then Larry Doby was the, the first man to, uh, uh, integrate the American League uh, with the Cleveland Indians in 1947. But there was another man that came along in 1947 that I think is potentially the most fascinating name in the integration story. And his name is Hank Thompson. And his first baseball card is a 1950 Bowman. And I'm going to throw up pictures of all of these cards that I talk about today on Instagram uh, later in the afternoon. But in 1947... Hank Thompson integrated the St. Louis Browns. And Hank's an interesting guy. He started in the Negro Leagues. Um, he was playing professional baseball at the age of 17. Uh, he served in World War II. He was drafted into the Army. He was a machine gunner with the uh, uh, combat engineers at the historic Battle of the Bulge. Uh, fascinating guy. He was discharged in 1946 and returned to the Negro Leagues. Um, who he, he played for the Kansas City Monarchs, and they were in the uh, process of capturing their league title when he came back to the team in 1946. Um, in 1947, Jackie Robinson broke the color line with the Dodgers. Thompson played his first game with the Browns on July 17, 1947. He integrated the St. Louis Browns lineup Two days later, a man named Willard Brown made his debut for the Browns at second base, and he became that became the first that was the first time that two black men had taken the field together. Thompson played second base, Brown played center field for the Browns. First time that two black players appeared in the same major league lineup. Then later, in August 9th, in a doubleheader against the Indians, Thompson played. And so did Larry Doby with the Cleveland Indians, and that was the first time black players of opposing teams appeared on the field at the same time. But Thompson's story doesn't end there. 1949, uh, the New York, he got traded in 48. In 1949, the New York Giants called Thompson up from their Jersey City Farm Club. He signed. He became the first player to integrate the Giants. So he integrated two different teams, Hank Thompson did, and then he also played with, he, he appeared actually uh, right before Monty Irvin, uh, Hall of Famer for the New York Giants. Um, Thompson was the first player to participate in breaking the segregation barrier on two different teams, but we're not done yet. Then... In a game that year in 1949, he batted against Don Newcomb of the Brooklyn Dodgers, first black batter to face a black pitcher in the majors. 
And then in 1951, Thompson and Irvin teamed with Willie Mays in the World Series. That was the first all-black outfield in Major League Baseball history. So Hank Thompson, 1950 Bowman was his first card. He keep, And that's why I, I don't even want to call it a rookie card because he came up in 47. He didn't have a card until 1950. But he participated in so many firsts. And it's, it's a very, very, very cool story. Uh, you can read more. You can go to uh, uh, the Sabre website, Society for American Baseball Research. Uh, you can also go to uh, 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 Baseball Research. Uh, there, there's tons of places where you can read about Hank Thompson. I would encourage you to do so if this is of interest to you. But his first card was a 1950 Bowman, and it's one of the oldest cards in my collection. And I love this card because I love that story. Uh, want to shout? I want to shout out Bob Trice. Bob Trice uh, integrated the Philadelphia Athletics uh, in 1953. September 13th appeared in a game at Connie Mack Stadium. First player in Athletics history. Um, his probably his finest moment in a Major League Baseball game. Uh, he pitched a 1-0 complete game shutout against the Yankees at home in April of 1954. But the reason that I bring up Bob Trice is because this brings us our West Virginia connection for the day. Uh, he died at the age of 62 in Weirton, West Virginia. His first card is a 1954 Topps, um, and it is a beautiful card. Um, want to talk about one more guy, and then we'll do another show on this. I, I, I have four or five stacked up here, but... Um, I don't want this show to go super long, but I want to talk about one more guy. And that was, you know, to me, he's the anti Jackie Robinson and, and not, not in a bad way, but Jackie Robinson was the first man to integrate a major league baseball team. And if there's a first, there has to be a last, right? Pumpsy green was the first man to integrate. He integrated the Boston Red Sox, but he, the Red Sox have a complicated racial history that is well documented. Pumpsy Green made his major league debut on July 21st, 1959. 12 years after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball. 12 years. 12 years and a couple of months, actually. July 21st, 1959 against the Chicago White Sox at Comiskey Park entered the game in the top of the eighth as a pinch runner for Vic Wirtz and played shortstop in the bottom of the eighth. He became Pumpsy Green, the first black player in Boston Red Sox history. Um, he, he, he had a, a marginal career. He actually, uh, when he retired, um, he, uh, he went on to coach uh, at the collegiate level in California. Um, but he always took great pride in the fact that he integrated uh, the Boston Red Sox, the last holdout uh, for integration. Um, so, so I've gone through and of the uh, entire list, and of course there are some big hitters on this list that I'm, I'm trying to collect, this, this collection that I've created. Uh, of course, you've got Jackie Robinson. That's a, a 1948 Leaf or a 1949 Bowman. That's going to set me back. A little bit of dough, so I'm saving up on that one. Uh, Larry Doby is a 1948 Leaf. It's also not cheap. Uh, and then the other big ticket item on this list 
is um, Ernie Banks, um, who integrated the Chicago Cubs in 1953. His uh, first card is a 1954 Tops, and that's also uh, going to be a bit of a big ticket item for me. So I'm working my way up, but I have uh, so far of the list, I have six. No, I have eight, seven, sorry, because Hank Thompson counts twice. He integrated the Browns uh, and the Giants. Um, Bob Trice integrated the Phillies. Um, Kurt Roberts integrated the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, I own that card. Carlos Paula uh, integrated the Washington Senators. I own that one. And uh, Ozzie Virgil Sr., that's actually another interesting story. He, uh, Ozzie Virgil Sr., integrated the Detroit Tigers. He had actually, though, come up with the uh, uh, White Sox, if I remember correctly. But Ozzie Virgil Sr. is another interesting story. Uh, He emigrated from the Dominican Republic when he was 13. Uh, He became the first uh, black man uh, to uh, uh, play for the Tigers. But when he came up in 1956, he was actually the first Dominican to play Major League Baseball. He came up with the Giants. So in 1956, he becomes the first Dominican to play for the Giants or to play Major League Baseball, period. And then in 1958, he became the first uh, black player to take the field for the Detroit Tigers. So Ozzie Virgil, uh, he's in there as well. His first card is a 1957 Tops. Um, These guys all have amazing stories. These guys all have amazing stories, and these guys all dealt with things that that those of us uh, that are white, we can't even imagine. So their stories are important. This collection is important to me, and I wanted to share that with you guys today because there's a lot going on in this world that we need to be honest about and accept if we want to try to change it, but it also helps to look back and realize that 60 years ago, Major League Baseball, I mean, 1959, right? Not that long ago. The Boston Red Sox were were the last team to integrate. So in the arc of American history, we're not talking about a very long time. Um, and that it's important for us to, to have that conversation. That's the show for this week. I told you we'd talk about cards, but I told you it was going to be heavy. If you made it through the show and you listened, thank you so much. Um, For those that decided this was not what they wanted to spend their time listening to, I get it. I'm not trying to be preachy. I'm just trying to be honest about how I feel and what I see happening in this country that I love. Uh, And if you listen, thank you. Instagram at WV Cardboard. The show is available on all your podcasting platforms. I would really appreciate a subscription, a rate, a review. Um, It'll help. And tell your friends. Uh, Let's share the word. Mountain State Cardboard. It's out here. We're doing stuff. We're not just talking cards. We're not just throwing out picks. But we're talking about the real world in which we live in. And 90% of the time, the show is not this serious. So have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you being here. I love you guys, and I'll see you next week. Connect with Mountain State Cardboard on Instagram at WV Cardboard. Our theme music is performed and produced by John Ingram. Visit our show page on Anchor, anchor.fm slash WV Cardboard. 
This podcast is a member of the 3BG Podcasting Network, a production of 3BG Media. All rights reserved. 